Welcome back, everybody, to Say More. This is Kim, the founder of My Mind, and your host for today. This is season two, and as you know by now, season two is all about alternative healing, all the things that we wish we knew much earlier, but it's never late. It's better late than never. So today with me, I have a wonderful guest, Amy Pope. Let me give you a little background to her story. By now, you already know that I sent a little questionnaire out to my guests, so I know you know, the little story behind why they do what they do, what awoken, awakened them into everything that they're practicing and teaching today. And I really wanted to share this with you. So the question was, was there a specific moment in your life when you've chosen and shifted your life course? And I love what Amy shares. She says her mom passed away very suddenly in April 2019, and it shook her family to the core and realized quite quickly that she needed to make changes in her lifestyle in order to handle the grief. She stopped drinking alcohol. She took a step back from work and looked at where life was heading for her. She realized that it was time to follow her own path after following others for so, so long. Move ahead, bounce ahead, take leaps ahead, or you might just crawl ahead to 2022. But right now, Amy is a mindful movement and meditation coach, helping people tune into their awareness, connect deeply to themselves, and feel empowered to make and respond to life changes. With that, Amy, welcome to Say More. Thank you so much, Kim. What a beautiful introduction. And it's so funny to hear it being said back to me. You know, I write it and I've said it to quite a few people, but I've never heard it come and received it. And oh, it was really touching. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing it because, you know, that's the reason I write the questionnaire because it just gives you this insight into into all the moments. I mean, I'm sure it's not the easiest today. It was easy for me to read it because I'm reading it, but it gives you a little bit of a glimpse into that, oh my God, what all happened? So if you can give us a, you know, a little walkthrough in bits and pieces of how that change happened. How did you just feel that, you know, that bam moment that, oh my God, I've got this life and am I living it my best? Oh gosh, that's a, that's a big question because I, I don't even know if I know for sure when it happened. It feels mm -hmm. like it just kind of started to just, you know, small step. Yeah. Uh, I say small steps, dropping drinking alcohol was a pretty big change. Um, so I suppose that was the first thing that I decided to do. And then from that, it became like a domino effect. You know, mm -hmm. all started to happen to me or around me and for me, actually. And my life just started to kind of, evolve and change and transform into a life that I really wanted to be part of fully. And someone said something to me really amazing, an author of a sober literature book. She said, you used your grief as rocket fuel to make a better life for yourself. And that's exactly how I feel, is that the grief pushed me into, yeah, into changing my life. And the idea of knowing that my mum could be proud and that I can do this and, you know, making, making her death a reason, you know, that, you know, that it, it wasn't for nothing because it was such a shock and super sudden. And we were, we're still dealing with it now, you know, three years down the line. And so to know that I've been able to do something from that 
just makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> no, no, not much because it's still difficult, but a little bit easier to uh, to live our lives and yeah, make her proud. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is so beautiful because I think, you know, no matter how much we think that there are ways to handle grief, and I was discussing this with a client yesterday, that it comes and goes. It never really leaves us. You, you never really healed of it. But if we find something to connect to the energy, the soul of the person, something that you create purpose out of it, like yourself, then it it hurts a little lesser, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So, like you said, grief is a very complex uh, mm-hmm. subject. It's uh, everyone experiences it slightly differently because you know we are unique individuals, even in a family unit each person in that family can respond in a very different way uh, depending on the relationship depending on what situation was at the time so yeah it's a such a complicated um subject so definitely that that kind of stepping back if you're able to um finding that space to be able to look at how you are working with this grief and seeing how your your coping mechanisms what they are you know for me um, I realized that alcohol and food were not going to be very good for me. So I, I changed that and, and it did make a big difference. I was able to work through it um, much more healthier. So it becomes a much more healthier coping mechanism because grief does, I don't think you can even put a time limit on grief. It just is there, you know, it's a part of you that you've lost. And I don't think, I don't think it ever truly goes. Mm. So learning from it and yeah finding something that you can do in a positive way uh, can really help ease ease that grief a little bit mm. I love the way you chose the word that you know you find your coping mechanisms do you think that for you it became even more important to choose a different coping, you know, mechanism, because uh, all of us, more than often, when you said, you know, alcohol and food, we all have a coping mechanism that is conditioned us. Like for me, coming from an Indian family, we connect with food when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're celebrating, even after someone's wake, you still go and have, you know, there is a catering that's done with snacks and bits and, you know, things here and there. So when did you consciously choose that food and alcohol is not going to be the automated coping mechanism, but you're going to move and find something else? The question is the, the food was a strange one because I love food and I still love food to this day, always. Um, and it, it was when I started to realize that everything, because I kept eating and eating and eating and eating, like constantly eating. And it was a moment where I thought, hold on, I'm still feeling so empty. And there was nothing that was stopping the emptiness. And it kind of was just conscious. I'd already stopped drinking at this point. So it was alcohol first. And then, then the food kind of tapered off from that. And I'm like, no, this, is, this isn't actually... I'm not hungry. This isn't filling any hole. I am just genuinely empty from grief. Mm. And uh, it was quite an eye-opening moment for me. Um, eventually, I, I, a few months after stopping alcohol, I actually became vegan. So I'm now um, a vegan as well. And that just all happened naturally, you know. Uh, and the alcohol, it was, it was 
you know, I'm from, I'm from the UK, you know, British culture is very much kind of a drinking culture. And so we always go to the drink to, to cope. And I realized quite quickly, very quickly, that it was just not doing me any favors. I was not happy. And I like to be happy when I, especially when I was drinking, I associated alcohol with fun, not with, with loss and sadness. So I, I read a book, which was called How to Quit Drinking, or How to Stop Drinking, I think it was, by an author called Alan Carr. And that was it, I, I stopped drinking, but I already knew that I wanted to stop. And I also didn't know if I'd ever start again. And I just haven't wanted to. I just really haven't wanted to. Um, I've tried it. You know, I haven't, not, haven't shied away. I had a couple of sips just to see if I would like it. And I haven't even liked it. <laughs> the taste just goes away. I'd rather just... <laughs> it doesn't connect, right? Um, it's very interesting because when I'm hearing what you're saying, I get a sense that there is this head or this energy that is still, it's, it's not drowned in the water of grief, of pain. So were you always like that, Amy? That you had that in whatever was happening probably, I'm sensing that your, your mind space still had that awareness, mm -hmm. which is great, which many times people just get flung into it. And then, you know, it's difficult and it has its own process. But from what you're telling me that you made that choice, you had that awareness. So we always like that, or there was something you were doing or something was pushing you, nudging you to keep your head above the water. Gosh, I wish I knew the answer. I feel like it has, maybe has always been there within me, but it was that trigger that kind of set everything off mm. and bond and to respond in a, in a way that was healthy. Um, I remember the flight over to Australia and just kind of going, feeling all these different griefs and watching lots of Marvel films. They were my savior and uh, on that flight. And I remember when I saw my family and I, they said, oh, you're so calm. And I did, I, I, I assume, I think I brought a sense of calmness to the, to the proceedings, to the, you know, the situation, um, which is I, my natural way of being without me realizing it a lot of the time. And I didn't realize it until after I stopped drinking that actually that is my natural way of being, is to be a calm um, person, to be compassionate, to like, to be there for others. And yeah, just. I know, that's wonderful. I can sense that in your energy right now. So then jump us right into the phase where you chose you know, to become a meditation teacher, you chose movement, you know, to everyone listening, I love the word movement. I mean, for years on, it was exercise and, you know, the, the heavier words. And uh, probably four, five years ago, my spiritual teacher introduced us that movement, movement is such feminine energy. And movement is fun. I think it's so embodied. When you tell a woman to move, it's like, it just automatically comes in. We don't go like, yeah, 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 let's do that. You know, so walk us on your journey to choosing uh, being a movement coach and a meditation teacher. I love everything you just said about exercise and uh, fitness and things like that. Um, because I, I, I used to always do the cardio and things like that and exercise classes, Zumba. I love a bit of Zumba um, back, back in the day. 
But uh, yeah, so what happened is I, I decided to, when I took my break away, I thought, okay, what do I want to do? And I didn't really know. I, I was doing yoga a lot. I was focusing a lot on myself, you know, looking after me and seeing what I could do. And so I started to be a life coach. I did that. And then I uh, was doing that for a while and I still obviously do that. But I, I had discovered meditation very quickly after I'd made these changes in my life. So I, I, start, I remember going to a Friday night meditation session here in Dubai with a couple mm-hmm. of friends, very different Friday night to what ones I used to have. And it was just incredible. It had a really, uh, it was a wonderful experience and it just really ignited my um, kind of love for meditation. So that I became very into that world. And I, I, this kind of course came up again in Dubai and I thought I'd love to go on this. It was like a four day course in person. And the reason being was to, you know, I can help others in my coaching, you know, not, not to actually facilitate it. I had no thoughts on that at the time until we got there. And it was just like, wow, it was just this incredible, incredible course and quite intense. And we all got, went quite deep. We had to facilitate. And I was very scared and nervous because I don't like using my voice. Uh, I didn't then, it was a big fear of mine. And, uh, but yeah, then I kind of found my voice there. It was like a real like opening of my throat chakra. And it was quite wonderful. And as I said earlier, things just started to happen when I became more open to, to what the world had to offer. And it wasn't long before I was working at a, a, medita- a wellness center and offering meditations there. And in the, in the meantime, I had also come across um, shaking. So I had recently discovered um, kind of shaking movement and I hadn't realized quite how incredible it was. Um, I knew Osho Hat did it and I knew that it featured in Qigong, but I didn't know much else. I, I just knew these, you know, these words. So I developed my own kind of shaking class and we were doing, did that a lot online, especially during lockdown, did a lot of it online, still do some of it now as well. And so that was really the movement of the body. That's where that all kind of started, kind of stemmed from. And then, uh, yeah, then it just kind of, things just happened. And I discovered Qigong because obviously I love shaking. It seems like a natural progression. And, and Qigong has been um, just the most wonderful, wonderful um, practice that I've discovered and uh, now share here in Dubai. So that's why I kind of describe it as mindful movement because it could be it could be qigong or it could be uh, any type of free movement as well so my my class that i actually developed was much more kind of a free movement no real restriction you can really go for it however you want to and um yeah and and now i'll be hopefully sharing active meditations in september which will be again more movement more active more just moving your body and letting everything come out releasing the stuck energy that gets built up because shaking is probably one of the oldest and most the easiest thing we can do um, and it's natural yeah. do it. you can just do it now and you can feel good exactly and, and, and that's and that's so much fun because you're like what what is this just let it out you know it's so much fun it's so much easier and then whatever's sitting in you know, the immediate auric um, information, it can drop off. You don't have to carry it. 
Yeah, it's, it's an instant release of, of your own energy and, and other energy that you can pick up as well. And I love it. I always have a smile on my face. It can get quite very deep as well. You know, it depends on, depends on your own journey and where you want to take it at any given time. So it's a very personal practice, I find. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, the Qigong experience, if as an alternative therapy to, to living, as a, as a therapy to enhance one's life, um, you know, give our listeners and viewers on YouTube as well, a little walkthrough to what happens, what's normal session like, what's a little background about it, and anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. So Qigong is a very ancient health and wellness practice originating from China thousands of years ago. And it has kind of three ways you can maybe practice it, which is martial arts, which a lot of people recognize maybe mm -hmm. Tai Chi as. A lot of people think Qigong is Tai Chi, so I'll, go into, I'll get into that bit in a second. And um, there's spiritual connection and there's the overall health and wellness. It's very much kind of a preventative form of health well-being practice. The idea is that we're working with our energy. So our internal energy that's within us, qi means energy in Chinese and spelt Q-I, but pronounced C-H-I, qi. Gong is work or skill. So we're basically developing a skill with our energy that's within us and then what we do we we kind of move with this energy so we activate the energy we find it we find it in our body and then we move with it and let it go with the flow so a, a typical session will involve um, you know, breath with gentle movement stretching activation warm-ups and ending with a meditation usually at the end and the purpose is when we put intention into it. So we're putting intention with the, with the breath and with the movement. So we can then move with the chi, move, move it with us into and around our bodies. It works with our emotional state, our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, and our spiritual well-being. I, when I discovered it, it just felt like I'd been elevated. Mm level of wonderment and awe I, I've loved yoga I have loved yoga for years um, but when I discovered qigong it was just the lightness you feel the calmness you feel the feeling and you still feel very powerful from it too so it's, it has all these incredible benefits and you barely feel like you're doing anything that's mm. quite incredible um, but yes that's kind of it in a nutshell. I work with children as well and adults. So I kind of work, you can, you can do Qigong at any age. That's one of the most amazing things. And also you can adapt it to any uh, situation. So I, I do seated Qigong, for example, okay. and I work with children. So I'll adapt that for them because children, their concentration isn't always fully fixed, you know, so you can you adapt it to suit, to suit the group. And that's been quite fun <laughs> and entertaining and uh, different. But ultimately, it's about finding your energy. I mean, you work with energy, so you, you already know this. But um, you know, maybe for the listeners and the viewers, one amazing way we can activate our energy is by rubbing our fingernails 
Oh, you know, it's interesting because this was something I read years back when I was in college, and that is years back, <laughs> that when we do this, it whatever it's creating, it, it helps your hair growth, it helps your skin get far more luscious. Um, I don't believe from which school of thought this was, but I remember reading this back when I was in school. So then all our friends would sit and we'd just be like, you know, whiling away time, but <laughs> getting our nails rubbed this way. Amazing. And so these are the tips of our meridian points and the tips of our fingers. So it's like the, the end of our meridian points. And that's mm-hmm. a lot with Qigong. It's basically, it's part of the Chinese medicine um, traditions, which there are five of, which um, you have Qigong, Tai Chi, you have nutrition, you have herbs, you have acupuncture, you have massage. And the school of thought with the Chinese medicine is very much that you go deep, you go deep into the energy layer. You don't look at just the physical problem, uh, issue, you look at everything within. And it's, it resonated with me so much. And just the, it feels, when you know how it feels, you know, it, you, 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 know, you just know. It's very difficult to describe it and it's much better to experience it. And there are people that have never felt their energy before, never felt their, their life force energy. And so when they do, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, incredible to know that they have this amazing electricity power you know pumping through their their veins that just lies dormant until we activate it wow i'm gonna sign up for your class for sure um amy you wrote in the question that one of i asked you what is uh, again the question that i asked was what is your uniqueness and feel free to gloat about it you spoke about your story about finding your voice tell us a little more about that Yes, um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier with the meditation course. Mm. Uh, so for, uh, since I was a child, I had speech um, I say issues, but so, some trouble with my speech. Um, so I went to a speech therapist when I was young. I couldn't say uh, the, so I'd say the. And also my S's were very, um, very, very like, so they, we call it a lisp, um, and I so I have had that. And the speech therapy was amazing; it really helped. Honestly, send everyone to that. You know, if you ever want to help um, with any kind of speech issues, speech therapy is incredible. And I did it at a young age, but um, I typically, for some reason, I missed the last few lessons. <laughs> I wish I hadn't because then that I still kept a lisp. What I felt like I had. Mm. Stayed with me all my adult life. Um, most of the time, I forgot I had it, but then someone would remind me. Someone would say, "Oh, you got a list." And I'm, oh, thanks for that. So I, I kind of found that it was a negative trait of mine and not a positive trait. So I'd always think it was a weakness, and I struggled with speaking in public, uh, speaking, yeah, to big groups of people, even small groups of people. You know, I, I really struggled to you. you- all that people reminding you that, hey, you have a lisp, even an element of it. It's so interesting the way you're narrating the story because it's drawing me, you know, this this visual story in my mind. And I'm saying that, okay, young girl, going and forgetting that, that this exists because it's, it's who you are. And someone comes back, hey, you have this. And it just goes, shut up, quieten down, stop talking, shut your mouth, don't speak, don't share. And 
That's ridiculous, but that happens so often, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, and it took a long while for me to kind of love love my voice, mm-hmm. and it, and it only and it's only really been the last couple of years, really. And I'm like well into my forties now, and it what helped me was um, playing, starting to do voice notes to people. So you know how we can do voice notes on WhatsApp. Yeah. That really helped, and listening to myself back to just get used to how I spoke. And then I was able to then do a little bit more of the meditation group things, and and then the response was so different. You know, no one said, "No, you have a list," but everyone said, "Oh, you make me feel so calm," and you know, you have such a calming voice. And I'm like, oh, "Okay, maybe maybe I have a soothing voice," and it, and so now I feel. I love my voice now. I'm happy with it. I, I'm, I know I have that tiny little thing going on. And, you know, it's part of me. It's who I am. And I don't want to change it. <laughs> and it's lovely that you mentioned that you stayed the same person, but the environment changed. The people you shared your vibe with, your voice with was different. And that changed the way we look at ourselves, don't we? That's such a good point that change in the environment. The, the comment that I, I remember, I still remember to this day, was in my old life in London, insurance world, drink-fueled people. You know, it was a very different kind of world. I'm not, not judging anyone being in that world because I, mean, I was part of my life for a long time. And then moving into a world where people were so much more about oh, tenderness and caring and car and love and, yeah. They can support each other. It's a beautiful world that we work in. It's um, you, right? When you just shift your to the right white of people, everyone's there to, to, to reflect what's going on inside. So when they don't see their faults as a fault, but they see that as, okay, that's opportunity, I'm going to work on it, or that's who I am, they don't project that onto others. Mm. It's beautiful. Amy, thank you so much. I love your energy, your voice, your presence, your story. Thank you so much for joining Seymour. Please share with everyone tuning in or watching the video. Where can they find you? What are the classes? Where can they join you for online or offline classes? And, uh, you know, just connect with your amazing stuff. Thank you, Kim. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed this. And... Thank you so much for having me. So to, yes, to, to share where you can find me, I, I'm away for a few weeks. I'm back in September. I work at Just Be Wellbeing Centre. in um, the biggest place. My book is there. Oh, really? Oh, wonderful. Have a look. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, the Intention Book. Is that your book? I love that book. Oh, we have it on. It's on the front desk every no, day. I know. I take photos of it. Um, so yes you can find me there I do my sessions there classes and events uh, regularly that's pretty much where I am mainly but also for the people that live near a motor city I do a class of qigong there in uh, a lovely amazing martial arts studio called Evolve who I work with too and I can do I'm also available for one-to-one sessions online and in person, uh, coaching, meditation, whatever is needed, really.
Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for joining. Everyone joining in, once again, listening. I hope you've been, been inspired. And there's so many nuggets of, of faith, of trust, of looking for a better way, for looking for an authentic way from Amy's life right here. So have a big life, say more. And before you go, Amy, the, the podcast is say more. What, according to you, should people be saying more about? Ooh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I made it more about love, love, passion. Yeah, being there for each other, supporting each other, holding each other. environment for others, right? Yeah, being definitely being in the right environment for others. Don't be afraid to be to make changes in your life. Don't be afraid to you know, step away from the crowd because, you know, the crowd that you're used to because there's always going to be another crowd, another environment that might fit. Beautiful. Well, thank you a bunch, Amy, and thank you everyone joining. And until the next time, say more, live a big life and keep shining. This is Kim signing off for now. You can catch this on Spotify if you're already here or Apple on Anchor or go to the YouTube channel so you can look at our beautiful, beautiful faces. Bye for now, everybody. Thanks, Amy.